Well, welcome to the Ramble Room, everyone. This is your guest host for today. You'll be hearing from me more. This is Tom Kelly. I'm no longer running for superintendent. I gave that up uh, almost a month ago. In case you didn't know that on election day, you should have. But I am here today to talk with our newest member of the state legislature, Ken Pendergraft, who somehow won his election, according to the Sheridan Press, with just 38 votes. Ken, tell us how you did that, please. That's funny you ask. Um, Those are professional linguists. They're professional wordsmiths. They know exactly what they're doing when they write those. So, of course, anyone who's listening, Ken won his election by 38 votes, not with just 38 votes. You think somebody at the press would have caught that? And I didn't have to buy the votes either. That was attempted on the other side. Oh, no, no. You, I, I saw a couple times driving home, I almost hit you. You know, wandering out in the street, and you go to work all day, and then you're out there with your flyers and your signs looking like the walking dead. But yeah, you really earned that. <laughs> but that I wonder how I got the votes if that's how bad it was. Because I was sitting in the truck. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Holly was with me. Yeah. I just yeah. thought by the end of the day, you were so tired, you sounded like a mindless politician. I mean, that's how you win votes. But in any case, that the election night, you're sitting there watching the returns come in. I Tell- wasn't sitting. I was standing. I was too nervous to oh, sit. Okay. So, so pacing in circles and yes. doing backflips and everything like that with your wife telling you to sit down. Um, what was going on, Diane? You get in on this too. Uh, as you're watching the returns come in, and it, neither one of you know what's going to happen. There are no polls. You can't get a. F- you're so, you're so deep in the race. You can't really get a feel for what's going on. What were the general feeling? I don't react like everyone else. <laughs> Everybody's sitting in front of the computer screen, watching them all coming. Oh my gosh, it's not updating. It's not updating. And I, my take on all of these is always, let me know when it's over. Because there's not a darn thing I can do between now and then. So just tell me what the end is. That's how I handle it. The end came sometime around 11.30, I guess. And prior to the absentee ballots being counted, I think I was up like 120 votes. I was not very comfortable with that margin. They counted the absentee votes, and I, I kept thinking about all the people I had met that had said, oh, I've already voted for you, and counting them in my mind. <laughs> How many could there be? And all the stupid things you do. It is, it is an emotional roller coaster. I remember in third grade, I think, running for like class treasurer or some silly thing like that, being very nervous, and, and the, the thought of actually going out there and putting yourself on the line in an election like this was pretty daunting. Third grade, you have been a politician a long time. I, not a successful one, however. <laughs> but I, I believe we've turned the corner on that, and that definitely felt good. But now the work starts. Well, getting back to the election, we're looking at the campaign materials, and I saw many of your opponents' ads popping up on Google, popping up on Facebook, and uh, used adjectives such as reasonable, rational, um, are they implying that you're unreasonable and irrational? That's how I took it. That's absolutely how I took it, too. I mean, But my answer to that, whenever any that subject was ever brought up, was look where rational, reasonable politicians have brought us over the last 50 to 60 years. And I even said that down at the uh, Y.O. Theater. And that was a pretty left-leaning audience. 
And yet they responded very well to that. They understood, even if they may not agree with me, they understood the frustration of this is how it's always been done. This is how you play the game, play by the establishment rules. And this was a case, some, some have compared it, David and Goliath, with the establishment. He was endorsed by Governor Gordon, by Alan Simpson, by the current holder of that seat, by any number of other folk who were all establishment or worse. And somehow, we won. Well, then tell us what was your winning message. When you were going door to door, you know, when you were avoiding my front bumper, how did... Were you chasing me down, I wonder, sometimes? <laughs> it's a small town. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what was your winning message as you went door to door in your campaigning? That's funny. I, I would Typically, I would walk up to a door and I'd knock on the door, say, Hi, my name's Pendergraft. I'm running for the state house. I'm good at two things. I can answer questions or I can leave you alone. And I think, frankly, a lot of people appreciated that. And it was obvious for, to a lot of the people that I saw that they just wanted to get back to watching Oprah or The View or whatever thing they had on. And that's fine. But there were a lot of people who... There were a lot of people who said, nobody's ever been to my door before. And I thought that was significant. And you could just see the wheels turning. Wow, I have an opportunity to actually ask something. And a lot of people did. We had conversations that lasted from two or three minutes, if there was a conversation at all, to 30 minutes. And it was kind of, it was a little bit frustrating to walk away from a conversation after you've been talking for 30 minutes. You think, man, I just, I could have been so many other places. But every vote counts. And every vote is worth working for. And I had to keep remembering that. Exactly. Because when they say you you won by, when you won by 38 votes, that means 20 people flip their votes, you lose. That's it. You have 20 fewer, he has 20 more, you lose. That was my mantra in my mind from the last cycle when I lost by a couple of hundred. And I kept thinking, all I've got to do is go out there and change a hundred minds. Change a hundred minds, I'm good to go. And I felt like last time I got kind of a low start. People didn't know who I was. Because of COVID, people were voting very early before they even knew that I was running. A lot of them had cast their votes. And they just went and clicked the vote for the guy that was already there. The incumbent has that advantage. Yeah, and going door to door was tough during that. That's when the pandemic was really getting the gear. And but I did it some. I didn't do it enough, but the I did it. Fewer people were going to answer their door at that time. That's what it is. They wanted you to go away. I wonder how many people actually, when you said, I can answer questions or I can leave you alone, how well that sat with some conservatives. Wait, a politician who will just leave me alone? I mean, because isn't that what a lot of us want? <laughs> I never thought of that aspect of it. It's hard, hard to gauge. I didn't go to the doors, but when he would come back and tell me how things went, especially if I'd sat there for 15 minutes waiting for him to come back, um, I think one of the things that people really appreciated was that he told them what he believed, even if they didn't agree with him. And when they said they didn't agree, he said, maybe I'm not your guy. And that's one of the things that people understand is that the position stays the same no matter who I'm talking to. And I think that really sat well with some people who maybe hadn't made up their minds yet was whether I agree with him 100% or not, he's honest with me. Right. And, and also the fact that you're listening because you heard them say, 
They didn't agree. That, that means the world to a lot of people. How many of these professional politicians do we see, some who tragically got reelected when they shouldn't have been, are so good at speaking out of both sides of their mouths and telling every voter what they want to hear? When you ask a question about something like, what about raising taxes? Well, I'm all against raising taxes, but we have to look at all the options available on the table. And but, so right, they're covering all their bases at that point. I'm against taxes. I can raise taxes. You have no idea what I'm going to do, and I don't know what I'm going to do until I get my campaign contributions for my reelection. So this is a big question for you already, Ken. What are you thinking about as far as reelection goes? Absolutely. One of the reasons, and, and I, I support the concept of term limits and the reason for it. I think that they're unconstitutional and that probably cost me a few votes because there were people that wanted me to swear and pledge that I would unequivocally support term limits. Um, but as long as somebody, take Mark Jennings for example, been in there for eight years, I watch his votes closely. And as long as he is still closely representing what I want to see, I'm, I'm gonna support him. The other aspect of it, and I've heard this from a number of friends of mine who are legislators, they say your first cycle, your first term down there in Cheyenne, like drinking from a fire hose, it takes you a, a cycle or two to even figure out how this works and how to be an effective legislator. So I have every intention of being reelected. I am working on that even now. I haven't even got through the general, and I do have a Democrat that opposes me. But assuming I can get past that hurdle, and I think I can as I've already gotten by a much tougher one in my mind, but assuming I can do that, my responsibility as a first-term legislator is to constantly be getting back to the people that sent me there and giving them feedback. This is how I voted. This is what we're up against. This is the challenge. If you hear, for example, that I voted the way you didn't like, I'm probably going to be aware of that. And oftentimes there are votes that look a particular way when what the people on the street don't realize is maybe that some amendment to this bill had come in and poisoned it, and it's better off to kill it. I need to be able to explain constantly. So I look forward to going and speaking to different groups, clubs, organizations. I'll be down at the Senior Citizen Center talking to them. All right, what I want to add onto that then is this. Now, I told you there was no way I was going to vote for you because, you know, I live in District 30. So <laughs> I, I'm stuck with that, that, that rhino Mark Jennings because no one's ever <laughs> accused him of being an Oath Keeper. Now, all joking aside... We've got the Sheridan Press. We've got Sheridan Media. They, they're talking about, it's always in there, you know. He, although he denies it, everybody knows he's an Oath Keeper. How do you plan on dealing with the local press who is clearly hostile towards you? Pretty much bypassing them at every opportunity. They told me as soon as that I went and bought the original airtime to put my commercials on both radio stations, they said, we'll be in touch with you. We're going to have you on the, that silly morning show that they do. And I waited for the call. I was going to politely decline. Number one, they don't have that many listeners. Number two, the people that listen to that show, with very few exceptions, aren't going to vote for me anyway. 
and those few exceptions are already contributing and supporting my campaign. I'm wasting my time. The same thing was also true with a couple of the forums and a couple of the opportunities to go, for example, you mentioned one where I was out campaigning. Um, yeah, because I knew pretty much who was going to be at that particular event. It's been consistent. And I've already got those votes. My time was much better spent out working with people. It's, it's more encouraging to hang around people that are, oh, man, you're sure killing them. You're doing a great job. But it doesn't get anywhere. And I think that's one thing I learned from last cycle is it's good to have the votes. It's good to have the encouragement. It's good to have the support of the active Republicans. But they didn't have enough votes to put me over the hump. So I had to go look for some more. Yeah, and I had another question. I'm totally brain farting on what it was at this moment. That's usually when I speak, everything's been said that needs to be said. So. <laughs> now, we're doing our form of alternative media here right now. So now that you will be an active legislator, but it's also a part-time gig, what are your plans for having an alternative source of information in the Sheridan area and maybe even statewide, considering that our local press just it, it might as well just be an affiliate of the New York Times? That is what I started a couple of years ago. That is what you've been a part of for some time. And our plans are to drive it harder than ever to try to get some sort of an alternative media out there. Mm -hmm. David Iverson at Cowboy State Politics is doing the same thing. Grace Andrus at the Wyoming Conservative Chronicle is doing the same thing. And if you're hearing this and you're not actively listening to or reading those other two outlets, you must. We also have several people, um, like Tom here himself, uh, like Charlie Cole here, that are active in that alternative media, and I want to make more of them as well. And the final thing that I want to do, and maybe I shouldn't say the final thing, an additional thing that I want to do, the final one I'll mention, is while we're down there in Cheyenne each day, Maybe some of you caught what they used to call the, fondly call the Chip and Bear Show, where Chip Nyman and John Bear would get together and discuss what they had seen during the legislature that day. I've actually invested in some additional equipment that will kind of make that more pleasant to listen to and to see. It'll be video. Our purpose, same thing would relate to a comment that you brought up several times, Charlie, about the quote-unquote forums, and you walk in there, and they've got somebody like Bob Beck. Of course, he's retiring now. Oh, darn. <laughs> Kim Love is retired. Oh, darn. But we skip the mainstream media. We do our own productions. We do our own events, as the Republican Party should be, because it's independent of the government. It's just a private enterprise, and we are a portion of that. And we work together to get our message out our way as effectively as we possibly can. I would add to that, like when you were talking about coming back and reporting to the people and maybe they don't understand why you made a particular vote that they didn't agree with. It's not only your job to come back to the people and tell them what happened and explain yourself. It is their job to be watching what happened. And there are all kinds of ways to do that. You could sit and watch the legislature all day, every day on um, YouTube if you wanted to. If you just care about one particular issue, you can watch all of the committees and the discussions and the votes on that and pay attention to what's happening. And that's what we need people to do. We were talking about that earlier, is that 
if this is if the people of Wyoming are the ultimate authority, then it's their responsibility to be paying attention to what you're doing, not sitting around waiting for you to come back and report. Let me just throw another thing out there. During this last campaign, Mark Jennings and I did a town hall. And in that town, before that town hall, we sent out 5,000 postcards and invitations to the town hall, giving the place where it would be. That night, there might have been 40 people there. And 30, 32 of them were the usual suspects. My mom was there. I'm glad she was there. But I already got that vote. Mark's already got that vote. There were about four, five, six people whom we didn't know who came to sit and listen. That six needs to be 60. It needs to be 600. It needs to be 6,000. Mm -hmm. Without your involvement as the citizen, it doesn't matter how hard we work. Yeah, that's the point I think I got backwards in the earlier interview. The military teaches if you have a position of leadership, you can delegate all sorts of authority, but not one ounce of responsibility for what you are responsible for. And that's, that's the point that people throughout the state have to understand. We delegate to you the authority to act on our behalf, but it's still our responsibility as to what happens because you're just voting proxy for us. It, it goes hand in glove with what has been my theme for quite a while. And that is you can't have liberty without responsibility. And if you cede responsibility, you won't have any liberty. Folks, that's what it comes down to. You want to enjoy liberty? You better take the responsibility yourself and do the work or it'll be gone. I want to go on to say here to uh, who's ever listening throughout the state. Um, this is Tom Kelly. I had run as superintendent and uh, I'm as devastated as many of you are at the outcome of that election that um, despite all my efforts that I got out, got the message out to as many people as I could to uh, support Superintendent Schrader, and we came up short. That being said, I got to meet so many great people across the state, and we had so many great conversations. And for some reason, no matter how serious I was, you people found me humorous. We'll be doing more and more of these podcasts. We'll be talking more and more about state politics. And I would like everyone who started following me on Facebook, everyone who's now listening to these podcasts, everyone who's met me in person has already begged me to run for office again as soon as possible to please stay involved. Please stay listening to us. And I'll help keep your spirits up, keep you up to date on what's happening in the state, what's happening in the country. And remember, there's always hope. We've got our man, Ken, here, who took on the Sheridan Republican machine by himself and beat it. Congratulations. Thank you.